Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. We are live. This is Pitch Deck Asia. Graham Brown in the studio with Asia's ultimate matchmaker, Anissa Hassan. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's a privilege and, uh, to be here and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Excellent. Well, put this into context. We had a bit of a competition on International Women's Day mm-hmm. to help give a voice to female founders. There's not enough of you out there, is there? There's, I think, well, there are a few. There's a growing number, but the media tends to not give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Shine the spotlight more on the men. So we gave away a golden ticket for the first woman who would put in the comments on LinkedIn her pitch and you were there yeah that was as yeah, it was uh, the r- being at the at the right time and yeah. uh, with the right opportunity and I've been preparing for this for a very long time so it was just wonderful to Excellent. win the ticket well great for you no well done as well I mean I think also great lesson in taking initiative seizing opportunity whilst mm-hmm. it's there and I think that reflects in your pitch deck as well you've got a great pitch deck by the way I'm looking forward to going through that and you are going to be at our event on the 20th of March as well so I'm sure investors will be looking forward to having a chat with you as well. So maybe we can start at the top. I did say you were the ultimate matchmaker without mm-hmm. qualifying that. So maybe <laughs> we can do that. I mean, I'm going to read it on your profile. I mean, sure. you've got to read Anissa's LinkedIn profile. I'm going to read it word for word verbatim here. It says, Anissa's ultimate, sorry, Asia's ultimate matchmaker helping high-flying singles find love in a safe and discreet way. And your intention is to create one, one million, million marriages worldwide. <laughs> How far are you down that path? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, from what I can gather, based on the feedback that my clients have given me, yeah. I'm on that one thousand mark. Oh, so excellent! Since uh, you know, for for the last fourteen years. Right. So you've facilitated one thousand marriages already. How many invites did you get? Oh. I can't even remember right, right now. Yeah, too many to remember. But the first marriage took place about six months after I launched um, my matchmaking service. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. And um, so, I mean, you've been in matchmaking for a long time, right? That's so correct. we're going to talk about Jumper, obviously. So we're going to go there, look at your pitch deck. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it's a newish business in your career of matchmaking, but you've been on the matchmaking scene for many years. That's great. Um, so I'm very interested and curious about your experiences and what you think is broken in mm. that industry as well, because that's really what we've got to start. Let's start with the jumper market that you operate in. Yes. So um, I will jump around your pitch deck a little bit. I won't go in sort of sequential order. I'll pick yep. out the points and then you can go maybe ahead. sort of talk through some of them. So if we can jump back into the pitch deck, uh, Barrett, if you can. Can we sort of jump to slide um, four, where we start with the market side? If you can just sort of yeah. scroll us down. Let's go down to one slide, if we can, Barrett, to the next one here. Um, slide four, this is a solution. Oh, is it me? Okay, that's no, you. Yeah, so scroll us down. So number four, yes. market definition. Yeah. To help us understand, great slide here. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, maybe you can be a bit descriptive because they won't have the benefit of seeing the, the infographic here. So what is the market that you're in? So do you know, Graham, that there's 50, almost 50 million Muslim singles out there? who are looking for ways to overcome their loneliness. Yet, there is no alternative or viable dating or matchmaking solutions out there for them. Mm. You know, being um, Muslim singles, they do, whether they are modern or whether they are traditional uh, in Southeast Asia, uh, they are looking for specific requirements in dating apps Mm. that the current uh, mainstream ones are not getting. 
Right. Yeah. So, so there's 50 million in Southeast Asia. In Southeast singles. Asia. Mm-hmm. Is it a Muslim problem? Because uh, traditionally, you know, <clears throat> is dating encouraged or is, you know, the existing routes maybe through families and connections and so on? Maybe you can, uh, I'm not a Muslim, yeah. obviously I have Muslim friends, sure. but help us understand. Yeah, this is the beauty of being in the Muslim market because we are so diverse, you know. Um, some go through the, the modern route, you know, so they do dating, the the, the tradition, sorry, the mainstream dating apps. Yeah. But what we have done with Joompa is we have uh, integrated components or features that uh, are important mm. uh, and uh, unique for Muslim singles. But yet, you know, we, I'm very um, uh, conscious of the fact that it has to be inclusive. Yeah. Whereas other Muslim uh, dating apps out there are very, very exclusive. What I've done is, this is like, you know, if you can imagine being at the halal buffet, mm. you know, the target audience, definitely for the Muslims, but, you know, you can have a good meal with the non-Muslims uh, who don't yeah. mind being there uh, with their Muslim friends. Mm. So it's very inclusive. I have uh, included components and criteria that are important. Um, for Muslim singles, whether they are modern or whether they have a traditional uh, outlook uh, in dating. Mm. Um, Touching on dating, um, we don't do dating the way that the modern people are doing it. I think there is also that component where we do Muslim courting rather than Muslim dating. You mean outside of your app or within your app? Um, in, In... the Muslim uh, demographics right, in general. Right, Okay, so yeah. generally they yeah. court. Mm-hmm, they court, right. More yeah, of a sort of like a traditional view of dating, right? Taking yes. time and more out in the open and public, I suppose, as well, isn't it? So. Right, so, you know, that the fun component of meeting a possible spouse one-on-one, sometimes it's okay for certain types of Muslims and yeah. others, it's not that okay. So that's why I've created Jumpa and right. uh, to make the facilitation of that meeting or that courting uh, easier. right. Okay, excellent. Well, let's sort of dive in. You've already mentioned what the problem is. So maybe we can just, and you've got a great slide here. We can get back into the pitch deck on uh, slide two. Mm-hmm. So if we go right back to the top, if we can have a look at that on slide two, yeah. the, the problem with the current dating challenges. It, you haven't just talked about Muslim problems here. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking more about the generic problems of That's dating right, as well. That's right, the modern dating app. Yeah, so, I mean... Okay, we were chatting as well that we, you got married, and like I got married almost 20 years ago. Yes. I mean, you're ahead 21 years 21 ago. 21 so years. Dating apps back then were non-existent, really. Non-existent. So I, I don't know as a user what the challenges are. So maybe you can explain to me. Absolutely. What was it like out there for people dating through apps and online and so on? Well, I've been, I've been uh, in the dating space or matchmaking space for the last 15 years. Um, the challenges with uh, dating among the Muslim singles are a little bit more dire in, in that mm. sense because they feel that there's no alternative uh, dating apps out there. It has evolved, mm. you know, uh, 20 years ago when when we were out dating, I think, you know, it's a matter of being in the right environment. I met my husband in school or you either meet your your significant other in a a work environment. Mm. But once you reach 30 or 40s and for some of them who want to re-enter the dating scene, Mm -hmm. um, there is this um, fear that, you know, either you're going to lose your uh, privacy you know, when you, when you go online and, and start dating, or yeah. there isn't any good men or good women out there. <laughs> you know, so where do you look? Yeah. So the current um, 
modern dating uh, apps are not addressing safety and security issue adequately. Mm. Right. I feel that uh, they, they are very concerned about getting the user base, right? Mm. So, uh, and that comes at a price. So they forego the element of safety and security mm. uh, at the get-go so that they can have the critical mass and you need critical mass in order to do a good match. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. D- does, I mean, on that point, does the fact that it's Muslim as a dating app and you know, you understand this better than anybody else. And the fact that because it's not as mainstream in the Muslim community, sort of, you know, more modern dating, Mm -hmm. does that mean the kind of people who have traditionally come to dating apps are sort of more on the edges of of sort of like the bell curve of (laughs) behavior, (laughs) that sort of thing? Because, you know, obviously dating um, globally has become so accepted now yes like you know swipe left swipe right Mm -hmm. on your mobile phone like 20 years ago it was a bit sort of an odd thing wasn't it it was like you did that if you were a bit of a loser Mm -hmm. right or you were really desperate Mm -hmm. but now it's just the default everybody does it so the fact that it's not so encouraged or accepted in the muslim community does that mean it's harder to get that mass together so almost 50 percent of singles worldwide would have tried uh, online dating apps or know somebody who has done uh, dating online. So it mm. has become more mainstream. It is not that the Muslims do not want to meet people you know, through dating apps. It's just that the ones out there are not fulfilling mm. the criteria or the requirements that they look for uh, in a dating app. So you know, they value their privacy. They, they value um, issues that are very pertinent to, the, to their Muslim culture or Muslim mm. upbringing. Mm. So the ones out there uh, or the the Muslim apps that are out there are very exclusive in nature, meaning, you know, they are very traditional. Mm. Whereas for me, because I've done the mainstream route for the last 14 years, I know what worked and what didn't work. So I have, uh, through my algorithm, I have uh, integrated 14, 15 years of my own experience in terms of what works, what doesn't work as well as including now the muslim requirement components Mm. like you know uh, questions like do you pray five times a day Mm. you know do you fast during ramadan Mm. do you have tattoos on your body you know do you want to have children right and because some of them do not meet physically or they don't want to meet physically Mm. uh, from the get-go there's there's that term that we we use is halal Mm. or permissible uh dating you Mm. know what's permissible so usually it involves the community or it involves them their parents uh in the matchmaking or the decision making process Mm. so that's why i have features that i've inbuilt into the system to make it easier for uh, them to get the green light you know that go ahead from their parents or people who matter to them yeah so i don't at the risk of sounding stupid and culturally unaware can users then sort of switch on and switch off how halal they want the dating to be so yeah. obviously you say that people have got more more sort of orthodox backgrounds for example Some they might want yeah. it done by the, the strict interpretation yes. how, how does that work so it we we give you that control so mm. you can answer them or you don't have don't have to answer them but that's why you know um i have combined both elements to make it more acceptable not just yeah. to the mainstream or modern muslims but to the traditional ones as well right because they're all going to have different interpretations what's right for them as that's well. right yeah. okay mm-hmm. you've said it a few times and it's important to go there you have come through the the mainstream route as you call it what was that? What was your sort of experience in dating? Because it's quite a, a long experience as well. You know it better than anybody yes. else. Not just Muslim dating, but you know, you know the whole industry. How is that? How is that for you? Oh, it's been exciting. It's been interesting. I mm. meet lots of different people, uh, but 
at the core of every person that I meet is that uh, need to overcome their loneliness. Mm. You know, so whether they are single, never married, divorced or widowed, you know, they are looking, uh, they feel that their life can be more complete if they have that special somebody that they can go back to. Right. So at the, at the core of it, it is a people business. It mm. is a... The human interaction and chemistry happens face to face. Absolutely. So I'm the first person that they're going to have a relationship with. You know, I must like them as an individual because mm. only then do I get to do a good job for them. Mm. So there have been many cases of you know knowing that oh this person is such a great catch, but he or she doesn't know how to put himself or herself out there. So I'm the intermediary. I'm the facilitator who will share their story. Right. With the other person that uh, or whom we are going to match them with, so because everybody comes with a story, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, you're in the and right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a founder story and there's a single story. Yeah. So the single. Not too different. We're all pitching, so. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So what I do is, you know, I try to get the essence of who they are and yeah. why they're finding it so difficult to date on their own, and this is to also challenge that uh, notion that they are losers or they are, you know, single and desperate. Mm. None of that. I think. Um, Many of them come to me because they are busy with their mm. professional lives. Aren't we all? Exactly. Yes. That's the problem, isn't That's it? That's right. I'm and too busy for dating. Yes. Or they get uh, dating fatigue sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, uh, swiping and, and going yeah. out with... Or they have a couple of bad experiences bad and experiences. that's it. Yeah, all yeah. men are X or all <laughs> women are that. That's so right. You exactly. Know, we, we live in an environment where almost everybody is pigeonholed into a certain type, right? Mm. But when, I, when they come to me uh, mm. in the last 14, 15 years, they get to share their story. Right. And I get to bring them uh, their values or their, their strength as an mm. individual and share that with the other person. So it takes time. There's, there's a lot of time that I invest in pulling out their story and right. sharing it with the other person. So I come with that level of trust and comfort, mm. you know, that they can uh, have a wing woman mm. speaking out for them. Excellent. It's almost like, I mean, you know, I, I see the parallels a lot with, you know, startup founders without sort of you know, trying to force it into the analogy. But, you, so, you know, a lot of people aren't very good at you know, telling their story because nobody's ever sat down and asked them about it. And maybe people aren't used to it, especially here in Asia. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I also find, especially for females here in Asia, it's not often that somebody gives them a microphone or asks them to sell themselves or talk about what they do, mm -hmm. you know. That's true. Whereas if you go to America, it's, you know, Everybody's every vacation they come back and they're, they're, they're doing, you know, like 30-minute pitches about their vacations and so on. So culturally as well, that whole sort of aspect of talking about yourself, um, for those who are sort of outside Asia and looking in, that's a key sort of thing they may not understand so well. And that may be more of a Muslim thing than anything, right? Because imagine if you're a Muslim and female, mm -hmm. that's sort of all almost more to that extreme right <laughs> yeah the opportunity gets less and less yeah. when you you feel you feel that you you come from a, a less advantaged or marginalized space but i've never felt that way <laughs> i detect that yeah. which is great because yeah. then you're the voice for them That's so right. you're speaking for a lot of people who and i think this is really great because you know you when when investors look at startup founders as well um obviously there's a group of startup founders who are the young kids straight out of stanford and you know they're going to create the next billion dollar app mm -hmm. fine yeah those guys are cool but there's a whole sort of group of people who are at a certain stage of life who have sort of 20 years experience of whether working in a corporate they're the corporate dropouts but they know what's broken or like yourself you, you've you know people's pain points you empathize with them right you've had many many years of sitting listening to these stories right so you understand them more than anybody you know and you you have that empathy 
with people who are dating. And that's priceless if you can translate that into an app, into a service. That's what people are looking for because, you know, you've walked in their shoes, so to speak. You've understood people have sat with you and talked quite openly, I guess, about their challenges. They open their hearts. So what I was doing, what I intend to do is to have a repeatable, duplicatable system. where I can repeat my success, you know, and scale the business. Because if I were to do it on the offline route, you know, the the, um, result or the impact is not as rapid rapid as it right. was if it was on a tech platform. Because so it was just you. It was just me and, right. you know, I'm limited by my time. We haven't discovered cloning yet. Yeah. Right? So there we go. <laughs> so this is the next best thing. Yes. All right, well, maybe we can have a look at your solution then. If we can jump back into the pitch deck and we can have a look at the third slide in the pitch deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually talk a little bit. I know you talk about the, you've got a competitive landscape as well of yes. the, um, you know, of your market. Yeah. So maybe we can start with the solution first. Yeah. Help me understand, how are you doing this differently to everybody else? So what we want is to integrate uh, a system of safety and trust and honesty right off the bat. So from the get-go, we encourage our users and subscribers to get verified. So what that means is that they have to share information with us to make sure that they are who they claim to be. Uh Because this is one way where we can mitigate, if not eliminate, catfishing. And what I mean by that is people creating online profiles that are fake. Right. And um, How much of that is a problem in dating? In dating? Yeah. Almost 50 to 60%. Is fake. Yep. You know know that 30% 30 of uh, Tinder users are married. Right. Is that true? (laughs) It is. It's uh, documented. It's well documented. So what we want is to, you know, give a a new platform where people can feel safe, you know, and we want the people to, uh, the users to date responsibly, ethically, by making the platform clean and, you know, ethical. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you verify? So from the get go, we ask for certain documentation, you know, Mm. and uh, so there's a physical documentation. Physical. There's some physical physical yeah. documentation that that's needed that makes them more datable so we verify them uh, okay yeah right a bit yeah. like with airbnb isn't it they ask you and you have certain levels that go with the verification Precisely. yes yeah okay. so and there's also facial recognition yeah so you know the the, the pictures and the images that you put online have to be ah. physically matching the is person uh, who will be logging in okay so is that an issue in other dating apps that um, fake they, I mean, you talk about fake profiles, but fake pictures. I mean, I can go and grab Brad Pitt, put it on my profile that nobody would ever know. That's right. You know, so when they are logging in, we also encourage them to go through the facial recognition process uh, to make sure that, you know, this is something that we can verify right off the bat. And um, there's no surprises and there's no uncertainty. So what you see is what you get. So how have people reacted to that? Because it, it may appear on the surface a little bit invasive. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sort of almost like filling in my passport here. Yeah. So it's a trade-off, yeah. right? So some people want the ease of signing up, but that also means that you're letting in the fraudsters, yeah. uh, the people who are out there to just scam uh, other, you know, well-meaning people online. Mm. Um, so that's a trade-off that I was willing to make because I was very clear from the get-go that I want this to be an ethical platform, a safe platform, mm. where you don't have to worry that the person you're going to meet um, is the per- whether he or she is the person that they claim to be yeah yeah so that there, there is a few there are a few steps uh that are added on that doesn't make it so easily accessible from the get-go but that's how we control the level of safety 
right? right? Yeah, from the get-go. So yeah. from the outset, if you set the tone right, I think people mm. will not find that an impediment. Rather, they find that as uh, as a important, mm. if not critical step mm. for them to ensure that once they are in the system, they are meeting real like-minded, uh, good singles, just like them. Yeah, real singles rather than that 30% claim to be. <laughs> so... In that case, I mean, it sounds like word of mouth is going to be essential to the growth of this business because if you're focused on value and quality, people are going to recommend, you know, you should get on this app because, you know, I met him there or, you know, what about these people? You know, I know my cousin or somebody I work with would be great for this yes. app. Yeah. Therefore, word of mouth may take longer. It's more of an organic play. Yes. But at the end of the day... You know, like you say, you've been you've been quite strict with controlling this. Yes. So that's. I mean, I'm just. What, I suppose I'm jumping ahead a little bit with the marketing plan of the business, but mm -hmm. I guess you're sort of building in the quality. Early, you're baking in the marketing early on yes. into this. Model, right from right? the beginning. So this was from uh, being in the business for 14 years. So 40 percent mm. of my business has always come from referrals and word of mouth. Mm. So people are fearful that oh, what about the attrition rate? What if you're so successful, you're so good that people get out of your service or get off your platform quickly? I said that's good because that's when we get oh, yeah. word of mouth. So rather than people stay and then meet uh, online yeah. fraudsters or scammers, so yeah. what is the price that you're willing to pay? So I'd rather be effective right from the get-go. And yeah. that's why our platform or our matchmaking platform is going to be a paid subscription platform, mm -hmm. unlike the many mainstream uh, dating apps out there which are offering their, sub, uh, their access for free. Right. Ours is a paid subscription uh -huh. right off the bat. So yeah. this will weed out the wheat from the Chef. Chef, yeah, yep. right. Okay, so it's a subscription platform. How much would I pay okay. as a user? It's um we are still working with the with the numbers, but yeah. I think it wouldn't cost more than a venti at Starbucks right. for a month. Okay. <laughs> so about seven dollars or ten dollars. Yeah. Yes. Ten dollars? Uh more fifteen Be below below ten dollars per month. Yeah. Per less month. less than ten dollars per month. Okay. Yeah. The key probably there is the fact you've you've asked them to open their wallets and that in itself weeds out a lot of time wasters. Right? That's right. You know that that can be have an amazing impact on the that sort of percentage of people. Not just not the insidious ones, the troublemakers, but also the people who are just time wasters. Mm. The fact you've asked them to pay. Um, how many users do you have now? Oh, great question. So uh, we soft launched it in uh, May yeah. in 2018, and so far we have 12,000 downloads and yeah. 7,000 monthly active users, and generally they come from Singapore and Malaysia. Right. Is that 7,000 paid? No. At this point of time, yeah, we are giving it for free right. because, like I said, testing. you know, yeah, we're testing. It's it's still at the beta testing. Yeah. We soft launched it. We were working through the bugs and and the maintenance issues. So I don't dare to charge anything at this point Fair of time enough. but when we launch it and that's after Hari Raya right when will that be uh, that's somewhere in June right yeah so I know that once they start going visiting during Hari Raya they'll be asked how oh. come you're still single yeah. <laughs> so that's when we launch Here's them the and <laughs> come on so yeah. every auntie every friend then becomes like a yes. you know word of mouth yeah. that's okay. right and that's that's the way that the Muslims date you know it's through yeah. recommendations yeah. from their family members uh, and people are generally it's it's community led you know they, yeah. they want you to be happy they want you to be in real relationships so they will make you know um, recommendations to you Excellent. Okay, so we've got an idea of the solution. Um, you talked a little about about the competition. Can we? Are you, are you a technologist in any way? I mean, where do you stand <laughs> with that? Because I know you're a builder in many sense. You're creating things, mm -hmm. right? How are you with technology? 
Uh, I am work in progress. Wow. I, I realized that once I started uh, moving from offline to online, there was a steep learning curve that I have to, to, to be on. And that was very exciting for me. I am not a, a techie at all. Initially, I, I call myself a techno retard. I know nothing about tech. But now, you know, I'm a founder of a tech company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so do, who, who built the platform? Yeah. So I have a friend uh, mm. who was uh, in the media space with me for a very long time. Yeah. So he's the tech person. He's he is working with me to uh, translate my ideas and interpret right. it into workable solutions. So yeah. he's a friend from the media. Um, mm. When I started, uh, I started as a journalist, and then I moved into uh, entrepreneurship uh, mm. in the later part of my career. So he has been a friend for for quite a while, mm. and uh, he understands me. He you know he has seen my growth in um, the, the matchmaking space, so he understands a lot of the things that I'm trying to solve. But sometimes you know. To translate that, yeah. uh, there's a lot of gaps in understanding. And once you implement it, only I will know whether it is working according to how I have envisioned it to yeah. be. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have uh, my friend who mm. is uh, in, in the tech space who is helping me build this wonderfully. Yeah, good. We're going to have a look at your team in a minute. You've got a slide about that. But we yes. won't go there. I just want to um, – there's so many questions I want to ask you. Uh, one about the, uh, the 7,000 users that you have – Look, you say that you weren't a tech a techie. You even described yourself as a tech retard. <laughs> I think you know you're underselling yourself a little bit there. But um, you know, you you've been testing this for what we now are nearly nine ten months. Yeah, since yeah. last year uh, in May. So okay, um, and you'll be launching just after your anniversary as well. Your one year anniversary. Yes, that's correct. So what have you learned in the process? What do you know now about? a tech-based dating platform that you didn't know when you started out, given that you had a lot of experience in dating yourself. Mm -hmm. What have you learned in that process with the 7,000, that sort of constant testing and iteration and so on? Yeah, I think uh, I have to keep up with the evolution evolution of technology, right? So initially I thought certain things are not important at the get-go, but now I feel more and more that, you know, like uh, we've introduced a video function, a mm. video feature, where in the past, in the first, um, in the first beta, uh, we didn't have any of that. But now I feel that having a video function is really, really important. And people are using more and more videos right. these days. Yeah. You, know, you would know. People are using podcasts or videos to um, get to the heart of the matter. So for me, um, in order to involve, uh, the, to engage and involve the, the users and the subscribers, having the video function is mm. going to be key, critical, because... Um, as I mentioned earlier, not everybody wants to meet physically. So having the video allows them to get to know each other or to jumpa. Jumpa means to meet in right, the Malay uh, language. Okay. Yeah. To meet each other and ask questions and not waste time. So right? it's like video messaging? They send a video? No, it's not sending videos. It's live. Oh, okay. Live streaming. And, and they connect through the platform. They connect through the platform and they can you know, engage their... Um, um, a chaperone as well. If okay. the lady requires a chaperone to be around, right. you know the, the video function allows for that. So you can have three people in a conversation. Three or four people. Four people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that, obviously, that would be relevant to a lot of communities as yes. well, who where you can't date one on one, right? Yes, you can't date one on one, or you prefer not to yeah. at the get go. So it's only with. Uh, so that will be incorporating the halal or permissible element yeah. that you have to get to know the person. You have to find something that's mutually compatible. So in order to save them time, you know, yeah. instead of meeting outside and in an environment that may be unsafe, um, meet. On the platform first, yeah. you know, ask questions, and then only when there are, there are mutual respect and mutual interest from each other, then you can take it to 
the offline space. Yeah. Interesting. It's fascinating. Do, have you found that the, the users as well have used it in ways which you haven't sort of preempted? Because often when you build a platform, there's a very sort of core behavioral you know, parameters, which you're, you know, you're giving them the tools to do a certain thing, like you say, just meet mm. or do the video calls with each mm. other. But sometimes you find that some users take it in interesting directions. Have mm. you seen any of that develop yet with the 7,000? Have you seen sort of insights thought, wow, yeah. this is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of men sending mass messages. Okay. To, <laughs> to, I apologize. To I'm on women. behalf of males yes. everywhere. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, the, the proposition of some other dating app is the women must initiate the conversation. But for me, is you know, whoever is interested can always right. initiate. Is that a, how it is in some dating apps? In some dating apps. Is that a Muslim thing? Or no, 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 no. It's not a Muslim right. thing. It's uh, some of the mainstream dating wow. apps uh, would only, you would. You That's can, not fair. You can only communicate if the women initiate yes. the conversation. Yeah. Wow. You can show interest, but the women must also say yes. So for, really? for us, anybody can in, initiate the conversation yeah. because you know that you're going into the platform for the same objective. Right. You want to be in a serious relationship that could lead to marriage. Yeah. Yeah, so anybody can initiate, but from the last few months that I have uh, noticed from the back end is that they don't know how to initiate conversations. So mm. that's why I've also um, integrated some games before they start meeting each other. Yeah. So they answer a series of questions, yeah. right? Like cats or dog. Are you a cat person? Are you a dog person? Are you yeah. a mountain person? Are you a sea person? You know. Yeah. So those kinds of things can actually help them initiate a conversation. So I know that you know how they start the conversation is usually with a greeting like salam, assalamu alaikum, but then yeah. they don't know how to move from there. Yeah, there's a big gap between big step gap. one and step ten, right? That's so right. And how do you say, you know, I like you. I, you yeah. They don't get uh, they're not so expressive that way. Yeah. So when you have some games and you know they can see that hey we scored seven out of ten yeah. in that game. So you tell tell me about the cat. You know you're you're a cat person. So right. at least it. You're looking for commonality, aren't you? And genders, them, yes, yeah. compatibility and commonality. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting because in in sort of the offline world, those kind of exist in many contexts. If you go to an event, you know the event organizer will put on food, mm -hmm. and then people will gather around the food, and you know people will eat and talk. And maybe they start talking about food mm -hmm. or they talk about the weather. It's that very sort of, uh, you know, easy, you know, no, nobody's nobody's throwing any difficult questions out there. Nobody's getting rejected earlier yes. on. Or, you know, do you like the hummus or do you like the carrots or whatever? <laughs> no know, pressure. Exactly. Yeah. But those exist, right, yes. in, in the real world. Even playing games, you know, th games. those kind of exist in the, these sort of events and so on. So you're sort of creating that step between, you know, like salam. Yeah. And then I like you, step 10. You're trying to put in those Im intermediate steps That's to right. help people along. Yeah. And I guess as well, in, in traditional communities as well, maybe those intermediate steps don't exist so much mm. because, you know, a lot maybe is prepared for you yeah. or, you know, it's more of a formal setting and so That's on. Right. And maybe they don't have those kind of skills as well. That's right. Um, the, my secret sauce is also in my compatibility meter because what I intend to also do is to steer our users uh, away from shallow waters. What that means is, you know, instead of just browsing, you know, yeah. just choosing people based on the looks, you know, you can play with a compatibility meter. So you'll know, you know, out of 100, how do you uh, rate Right. Uh, how do you get along with each other? How compatible are you? Mm. So those are based on values, your interests, your personality, your aspirations, and also location-based. How mm. near are you to, to that mm -hmm. person? Because sometimes you can fulfill all the, the four out of five, but let's say this gentleman is based out of Lebanon yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you're in no. Singapore. How do you make that work? Right? Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, look, 
knowing the location of the person is also equally important. Yeah. So that's why at this stage, I am I intend to just start with my backyard, you know, Southeast Asia, uh, Nusantara. Mm. So where there is, like I said, 50 million Muslim singles yeah. looking for an alternative uh, to uh, end their loneliness. Mm. So we'll be launching in Singapore, Malaysia. And we have also come up, the, the second version, uh, we have also come up with the Bahasa Indonesia version. Mm. So this is new. This is exciting. So what's it in now? All in English? Or? Currently, it's all in English. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, well, I want to ask you, we talked about your team already and then the journey of Jumper as well. Maybe we can just jump back in. You can help us out, um, understand the who's who. So you've already mentioned uh, one of your team. Friends. Your, yep. Your technical, technical wing, if you like, mm -hmm. of the company. Um, so if we can jump forward to slide 11. Yes. Tell us a little bit about who's in the team. You've got three people yes, here. So Abi is my CTO. Yeah. And Hazik is my husband. Okay. <laughs> of 21 years. But I've known him for 30. Yeah. So he knows me like the back of his hand, right? He should do. <laughs> so his background is in um, uh, business strategy and business growth. Uh, he has a PhD in Islamic finance. Mm. So, you know, uh, he's the person that I consult to include the um, permissible elements in my uh, dating or matchmaking app. Yeah. Uh, he has also been a mentor to several accelerator, pre-accelerator programs in Malaysia. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I count on him to help me grow the business. Mm. <laughs> let, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you stupid questions. Um, would you therefore only consider investors who had some kind of Muslim credentials? Uh, Muslim credentials, obviously, you know, but, you know, beat me down if that sounds stupid, but I don't understand what would be acceptable in this sort of format. Because you talked about Islamic finance, and in mm. certain contexts, that would only be acceptable mm. for certain companies, right? Yeah. Um, are you only looking for Muslim investors not or not? All. Not at all. Uh, what we are doing is, I know... Um, it's a social networking platform, mm. right? So it is not, um, you know, you don't have to, to to ensure that the people who are investing are Muslims. It would be nice, but it's not right. necessary at all. So I see, I think who I'm looking for are investors who can see the potential of uh, me taking this business into the global Muslim economy, which is set to be 2.6 trillion by 2020. Mm. So I am at the cusp of that uh, Industry, absolutely, know? yeah. And Anybody can spot the opportunity. That's right? right. Yeah. So it's an interesting space to be in. It's very niche, um, but the Muslim economy is growing rapidly. Yeah. And since this is my um, expertise and this is my backyard, it is the right time for me to do something about it. Okay, good. I had to ask just to to clarify as well. I'm going to talk about your raise as well mm -hmm. in a minute. You must have faced some kind of criticism because I imagine. Um, you're a woman, you're involved in Muslim dating. I imagine that at some point people must have said, you know, this doesn't add up. I mean, have you faced criticism? I don't understand. I mean, I'm sure really orthodox communities may have really frowned upon what you're doing, as they would have done, you know, in non-Muslim communities. I don't think it's just a Muslim thing, right? You know, any kind of online dating attracts mm. criticism. Mm -hmm. How has that been for you? Has it been present? How have you dealt with it? And where do you think that sort of falls long term? I think um, I am very focused on the energy that I give to, you know, the, the outside world. That means um, I'm very focused on what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know what's permissible. I know what's not permissible. Mm. Criticism is going to be part and parcel of being an entrepreneur. You know, some people agree with you. Some people will not. Some people say there's no such thing as Muslim dating. Some people say, you know, this is not allowed at all. But, you know, that's 80% of people who, who are struggling, you yeah. know, and, and 
And I know because I'm on the ground listening to their stories every single day, how difficult it is for them to find a Muslim husband or Muslim wife or people who want to re-enter the dating scene or matchmaking scene after mm. they have ended their previous uh, marriage, right? So I know what's on the ground. So the... The naysayers are always going to be there, but I think I'm very focused on the solution that I'm yeah. providing. And we'll see uh, after we launch whether it was worth the fight. <laughs> you Absolutely. Yes. You've got to fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, in any part of the endeavor of being an entrepreneur, yes. you're going to face yeah. criticism. And yeah. if you don't, then you're not doing something right. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you don't have people who criticize what you do, then you're probably not making a difference, right? And you can also view the criticism as, as constructive if yeah. they are telling you something that could benefit the people who are using it. I think it's it has to be viewed positively. Yeah. And what you can do as an entrepreneur is to always innovate and include elements that you may have missed out uh, from the outset. I think I've been in business for 15 years. So You've I've, heard I've, it all before. I've heard it all or I've gone through them all. And this is just yeah. I know, a new venture that's going to take me to on a different trajectory altogether. Absolutely. And even, you know, the... I mean, talk about the positivity. The, the criticism may just reconfirm why that 80% are feeling like this because there may be people or ideas that are holding people back from, you know, like you say, yeah. you know, realizing happiness, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what it's about, that's being right. happy. Being happy and okay. finding that fulfillment in a relationship. Absolutely. That's what we all want at the end of the day, right? To the ask, let's have a look at slide 10 in the um, pitch deck. Obviously, depending on when people listen to this uh, conversation or yeah. watch it, this is liable to change. So we're talking as of March 2019. Yeah. Um, where are we now? You've already had a success. 300,000. Yeah, so you've raised 300 sing? Sing dollars. You've raised 300,000. How much more have you got to go? 250. So another 300,000 in right. order to officially launch uh, the platform uh, in three different countries. So yeah. the money is going to be used for the uh, marketing, online and offline marketing, and you know, to have presence to leave my footprint in three different uh, countries. And okay. hopefully with more, we can also go into Brunei. Yeah. So at this point of time, uh, it is for the marketing purposes. And then later... You know, this is the pre-series A stage. Right. Yes. Okay. So I've already raised the seed at three hundred thousand. Right. So you've raised three hundred seed. Yeah. So seed. in the current round, that's not three hundred is not. Just so I can put it out there, investors will want to ask. The three hundred is not in the current round. No. No. So this is a new round, and new you're raising round. another three hundred. Okay. And that is to expand into new markets. Yes. So so I can understand. You you are based here in Singapore. Yes, I am. Okay. And then where would that 300 take you? Because Singapore is a very small market, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're involved in other markets. Yeah. Indonesia, Malaysia. And Singapore. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, and uh, a little bit more would go into Brunei. Brunei. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Good. And um, how long do you think that will last you? Uh, before my, uh, my Series A, which right. is perhaps... Um, Nine months down the road. Okay. Yeah, another nine months. All right, so that should last you to the end of the year, roughly. Yes. I mean, I don't want to sort of ambush you with like, <laughs> commit on yeah. the air, yeah. but, you know, obviously this is all due to change, just so I can understand. So you've yeah. got about nine months of runway there. Nine months of runway. And you've got the big launch as well coming up in, was it June? June. Harry Raya? Yes. Okay, great. And um, so you've mentioned uh, the kind of, you know, what opportunity that this is for investors. Uh, you aren't just looking for money, I guess. You're looking for people who maybe can bring some skills and ideas to the to the team that you have That's here. That's right. 
anything in particular that you're looking for? Not just the dumb money. You're looking for people who can maybe open doors or people who have experience in certain areas. What, what would be interesting yeah, to you? I have somebody who's on my advisory team already. And I met him at an accelerator program that I attended in Menlo Park in mm. Silicon Valley last year. So he was uh, the person behind uh, Christian Mingle and uh, AmericanSingle.com. Uh, so he mm. has uh, exited, you know, uh, the business already. So he's on my team, advisory team, to Great. help me uh, give ideas on how to take it to the next level. But of course, uh, when I uh, bring in or when we bring in uh, new partners or new investment, uh, that person uh, or that company must be able to... Um, see what I see and yeah. you know we have to, to work uh, in tandem and work cooperatively in a harmonious manner I don't want just any money I want to be able to get support in um, uh, in finance meaning you know yeah. they can they can give me um, ideas and suggestions on how to really take care of the finances yeah. <laughs> you know spend money wisely so I want mm. smart money in, mm. in that sense so you know they can advise me whether I'm overspending or underspending in certain areas mm. uh, and they must have you know exited a couple of times in perhaps in in, in the in the startup space um, yes yeah, so I'm looking for collaborator rather yeah. than just uh, money to grow my business I think you have to because money is out there there's no shortage of capital in the startup scene here at the moment. It's you know, nice to know. I definitely. And I think with good ideas as well, it's all out there. The challenge is finding smart money. And w would they have to come from the dating or platform space or online? Is there any requirements there? Not Obviously necessarily. it's a bonus. Yeah, not necessarily. I, I have spoken with people who have put money in the dating apps and they're not seeing any uh, return just yet. So sometimes they are staying away from investing in uh, the social networking site because they have not exited or they have not yeah. seen an exit just yet. But for me, I think it's very important for them to understand that I am operating in the Muslim economy. So mm. it's completely different from what the, the mainstream um, platforms uh, are trying to do. So we already have um, advertisers coming in. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had Nippon Paint, mm. I had Melindo Air and Lion Air who are on board. Uh, with with me so i was curious about that nippon paint i didn't yeah. understand the, the, the relevance. <laughs> okay uh, muslims are very house proud right and you know we like to make our homes beautiful every hari raya or you know um we are just um always uh, taking care of our, our right. home is our, our sanctuary is our uh, place to rest and relax we want to be in a beautiful Okay. Um, place all the time so Nippon understands the Muslim market right interesting yeah so they have come on board so they have no interest in dating obviously no but, but they, they they see yeah, the it's potential a great place to get in, in front of yeah the demographics that yeah. we are targeting yeah so I'm sure you know a lot of um, Muslim families are painting their homes just yeah. before Hari Raya yeah do it yeah. with Nippon paint Nobody do it else. with Nippon yeah. yeah and because it is a, a, a regional or Nusantara app so working with uh, airlines yeah. are very important as well so they they are the people movers, right, yeah. around the region. So being seen on Malindo or uh, Lion Air are equally critical for me. Great. Well, you heard it here. That was Anissa Hassan. 
the uh, self-proclaimed Asia's ultimate matchmaker, but I think you probably are winning that title if you've done how many thousand marriages a so thousand far? Thousand marriages. You're seven thousand in on the users for Jumper. Um, Fifty million people in the markets that you're targeting. So there's a long way to go, but it's great. There's a lot of headroom in that market, yes. right? Fifty million in Southeast Asia only. Okay, all right. Let's start there. That's enough. Yeah. Start, but exactly. I mean, the, the wider market is you know another you know multitude of that as mm -hmm. well right so okay it's been fascinating and thank you for um helping us understand the market that you're dealing with as well and sharing your journey with us and thank you so much it's great and, and having so much enthusiasm and positivity for what you do i think it's absolutely needed um it's a big challenge ahead what would be the best way for people to reach out for you anybody that's listening they may be for example it's not just investors but also people who want to join startups is a great way for them to find you know projects that they want to be involved in and often they see a founder and they hear the story and think yeah i want to i want to be part of that journey mm -hmm. you know they don't go to the job websites they come here directly yeah because that that's why they they work for a startup because of the founder right that's right so you might have those people as well as well as potential um sponsors even yeah. so what's the best way to reach out to you I think uh, I have always made myself accessible online. So you can find me on, fa on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. So you can just find Anissa Hassan or you can shoot me an email at anissa at datehighflyers.com. Awesome. Anissa, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been great. Yeah, love it. We're done. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.